Welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, a podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey! And our special guest, Theo of Fiber Artisan Theo. Hello! Now, before we jump into all our quilty and FPP fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Theo? Um, my name's Theo. I use they, them pronouns. Uh, I'm a foundation paper piecing pattern designer and artist. Uh, I'm also studying to work in museums. I'm in grad school right now um, to be a collections manager. I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan with my husband. Uh, we were together seven years and we just got married in June. So that oh, was congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then also my three cats who I never go anywhere without. I love them. <laughs> Um, so you started quilting back in 2018. Are you able to tell us your story about how you were introduced to quilting and how it all started? Yeah, so I feel like I don't really have the typical like quilting story. Like my grandma didn't really teach me. My grandma quilted, but you know we were never super close. Um, I just kind of I learned how to crochet, and I've always been someone who just like really quickly picks up crafts, and I love crafting, and I love you know learning new skills. And one day I was just like what if I made a quilt? Like, what if, I <laughs> what if I did that? And I didn't even know how to use a sewing machine. So my mom bought me my sewing machine and, you know, I <laughs> bought the fabric, which is still my favorite part um, about quilting is just looking at all the fabric. But it took me a long time to finish the quilt. Um, I decided to, you know, go big or go home with like a queen size quilt as my first quilt. <laughs> and then I free motion quilted the entire thing. <gasps> on my, oh my like God. personal sewing machine and I was I mean my thought process was just like if I hate it then I have a quilt and <laughs> then I can stop but I hated it but now I do different things and I like it <laughs> I just kind of had to figure out what wasn't awful <laughs> was that quilt that you made for yourself or for yeah. someone else yeah it was for me I was like you know what this will be my prize for doing this and was that first quilt uh, traditionally pieced or was it FPP? Yeah, it was traditional. It was just like some big blocks. <laughs> just easy. <laughs> so so um, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with your work, can you describe your style and also kind of how you went from that big queen size epic introduction to quilting yeah. into uh, your current FPP? Yeah, I, I've just, I've never really resonated with the traditional look of quilting, like kind of the geometrics. Um, I tend to like more like pictorial stuff, especially, I mean, like even in art, like I studied mm -hmm. art history, I love kind of the older pictorial stuff. And so I was like, there has to be a way to, you know, not just do the blocks. And so I started expanding, you know, I learned about applique, which still is something that's very daunting to me. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, well, like this looks fun. You know, it's kind of, it's not super organic and round. It still kind of has that quilty feel, but you can get images across, which is what I really liked and kind of what I still try to do with a lot of my stuff. I like to do kind of more natural themes, but in a quilty style. So if we're scrolling through your Instagram account, um, we might notice actually some pet portraits. Can you tell us a little about how you started designing pet portraits? So when I started all of this, um, you know, kind of during the pandemic, I was working at an animal shelter. I worked there for two years. Um, 
incredibly hard work, incredibly meaningful work, um, but just being, basically, I only got to see animals for the entire pandemic. <laughs> uh, just every day was animals, and I love them, and so I was like, you know what, I could do something with this, you know, like with the quilting, with the animals, um, and I made, you know, I think you can see it, like these little cats over here. I made that of my cats, and I was like, this is fun, you know, like, I'll just try it, and Maybe people will like it. Maybe people won't. I didn't see much of a market for it, like, already. So, you know, I know there's a few other people that do it, but I didn't see really anyone. So I was like, maybe people want this, and people definitely want it. So, <laughs> I mean, I recently made um, a little pet portrait of my dog, Truffle. So <laughs> there is a market out there. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some crazy dog parents like me. <laughs> So with your with your pet um, pet portraits, you know, you talked about wanting to have more figural and kind of illustrative um, quilting. How do you think your training in art history kind of impacts your quilting and your approach to pet uh, portraits? So I don't know if it necessarily. I think it very much impacts my taste in art. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm not super. I know a lot of art historians are into more contemporary stuff. I'm just not. I just never really have connected with it. Um, and so I feel like that's why I have the disconnect from the traditional, like, squares. Um, but I, it more impacts, like, the things I want to do with my own quilting, like, my own personal yeah. art. Um, one of my dream projects that uh, I just wasn't able to do this year because I, you know, went on my honeymoon, got COVID, the whole thing. Um, <laughs> the to-do list of 2022. Yeah, you know, the things that... <laughs> People just do now. Um, I really wanted to do kind of a medieval tapestry style foundation paper piecing project. Um, I love doing wall hangings. And so I wanted to do like a really big wall hanging, like enter in a contest and stuff like that. It didn't end up happening. But that kind of thing, like I just really, the idea of bringing those older, you know, concepts, ideas, styles into a modern method is very mm. interesting to me. And so that's something that I hope to start doing soon. Um, just with everything, you know, grad school, work, <laughs> my business, it gets a little crazy. So the things I'd like to do, hopefully you'll eventually see, you'll definitely see that influence. Jumping back to FPP patterns uh, that you create. So could you walk us through that process from start to end um, when you're creating something? Yeah, so um, with the pet portrait specifically, it's pretty like it's pretty hands off when it comes to like the need for new ideas and creativity because you know I'm I don't need to take any creative license with what the pets look like because the idea <laughs> is you want your pet to look exactly yeah. like your pet. Um, so generally, you know, once people you know take me on to make a pattern, uh, they send me a picture. Um, I'll use that picture or a few pictures they have, you know, choosing the best pose or the best color um, to base the pattern off. And then it's pretty easy, you know, like putting it in my program. Um, and then from there, I just create the pattern based on that photo. So what program do you use to uh, generate these patterns? Um, so it's not really generating the pattern. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want it to sound like I just like click a button. <laughs> and I do wish. It. Hey. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Um, but I really love Quilt Assistant, um, which is a free program. I don't know about its availability like around the world, but I know like it's free in America. Um, it's really it's kind of 
a little bit archaic looking and it's a little daunting to kind of figure out if you grew up kind of in the era of like Microsoft Paint and stuff like that. Oh my God. It kind of has that that vibe. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like very simple. um, Whereas I feel, I feel like a quilt assistant is like the Microsoft Paint of quilt design. And then like (laughs) EQ8 is like Adobe Illustrator. (laughs) Like it's just, it's a lot simpler, but you can still get really nice product out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what I use. It's just a lot easier to me. (laughs) So you do your templating on there as well. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once, so basically I upload the picture. um, I have to, you know, manually draw the lines and Mm -hmm. create the name or the shape names. And then, you know, the order at which it all assembles. Once I get that all put into the program, um, then I can just like hit print um, and it'll generate all the templates by itself. So I do everything on the back end and then it yeah. creates the like image of the templates and everything like that. So basically like it would then generate the seam allowances for you mm-hmm. automatically. And then like, for example, like if you might have some weird <laughs> angular shapes and then when you try to put the right sides together, it would also automatically sort of, um, all the sh- templates kind of snap into place. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And it has different settings where you can like, <laughs> it's pretty sorry. You like, just made Wendy's day. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things you can do with it other than kind of what I do. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, you can create like alignment markers. Like if someone's having a particular, pr- I don't usually include them, but if someone's having issues like joining the pe- block, I can just reprint yeah. it with the alignment markers and so you can like see where everything exactly lines up and then you can like change the seam allowance side yeah so if someone's getting a little confused with how to piece it the alignment markers really help you can add in like color indicators you can there's a lot of stuff you can do and make it personalized basically on that like print screen and then you change all the settings and then hit print and then it'll create what you need yeah it's really great I'm missing you out. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fairly simple once you get the hang of it. Like it's kind of the same formula for every pattern. Like once you yeah, figure okay. out how to design them. Um, so that program is really just so easy. Oh my God. I think I need that now. Yeah. Cause like I've been doing it on, a, so I draw my stuff on Procreate mm-hmm. and then I'll upload that illustration onto Illustrator. And then that's where I then trace the outlines and then figure out like how do I break down the um, the templates and the order in which it should be sewn mm-hmm. in, and then from there, it's just a lot of playing around with. But now, yeah, so you're talking about this, mm-hmm. mm. yeah. So I mean, <laughs> if I want to do an original idea um, that's not just like a pet photo, um, yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll create it like in an outside program, and then I'll upload that image into this program. So uh-huh. I do still have to do some, like, designing on the back end if I'm doing something yeah, yeah. a little more complicated. But okay. um, if it's just a photo, you really just upload the photo and you can change the proportions, you can change everything. Yeah, I was about to ask you, like, what is the biggest size that you can, like, design <laughs> that you can create on this program? You can create as big of a size as you want. The only thing that's going to be annoying um, is if you're printing it on, like, yeah. letter paper and it will it will yeah. separate the pieces like okay. and it will you know create it won't separate the pieces in a way where like if you try to print a poster from like word yeah. and then you have to like tape all the pieces together it doesn't work like that it like Damn. creates okay. the, well i mean it does but it's yeah. better it's better than that uh-huh. <laughs> so instead of like having to line up the edges of the paper it like gives you in your seam oh. allowance like 
this is piece, you know, edge eight, and you put edge eight with edge eight. And so it, like, gives you the numbers of, like, how you put the edges together. And so really the only obnoxious part is, like, all the taping and gluing. Yeah, Um, but that's really good. It's really easy to put together. Yeah. Yeah, because, like... Like right now I'm like kind of sitting down and thinking like, what if I do want to design something really big, like what you're Mm -hmm. describing to me, like that would be such a pain to try and figure it out on Illustrator. But now that you're talking about this, this Mm -hmm. is really good. Yeah. It does it for you. Yeah. It does it for you. Cause like I, it's similar to like, if you purchase a a garment pattern, like a PDF one, and then you print it on a letter paper. And you, you have still to figure need to do out where that. it goes. Yeah. 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 No, not like that. Oh my God. I need this in my life right now. Yeah. I know that I'm going to be like playing around this like as soon after as we talk. get yeah. off. <laughs> and I, I think there are like tutorials out there. I don't know how up to date they are, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's just, you know, it's a small company. It's not, it's yeah, not yeah. EQ8. So uh, <laughs> you can change the paper size also. So if you have a printer that can do like ledger paper, you can yeah, yeah. print it on ledger paper so that you have less pieces to cut and it'll automatically change where the pieces are being like sectioned off so that they fit on the bigger paper. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. How did you come across this by the way? <laughs> just, I mean, really just like Google searching. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Gen Z. Like I, I got those fire fingers to be able to search up anything and figure it out. Like it's, it's great. So like, what is like the biggest like FPP project that you've designed? In terms of complexity or size? So, like a scale, yeah. So size. the biggest scale I've done um, are, so the keep abortion legal pattern I think was the biggest I had gone. I, did, I think it's 60 by 60 is my biggest one. Um, and then the Ouija board one that I just released, I think this month, I think it's like 40 by 60. So it's still the 60, but it's not 60 by 60. Mm-hmm. So th- that's the biggest I've gone that someone has wanted me to go. I could easily go bigger. Um, and I keep that in mind when designing. So like if I'm designing an itty bitty pattern, I'm not going to make itty bitty pieces. But if I'm yeah. like designing a big pattern, I'm not going to make a piece so big that like they're going to have to get an entire yard of fabric to like yeah. cover the piece. Um, so it's kind of a balance. So to the, do you... Um Back to the idea of complexity, when you're working on pet portraits, I'm assuming that you have to deal with, you know, how to create the idea of fur and mm-hmm. and hair, I guess. I guess some dogs do have hair. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, I had a hypoallergenic dog for years. I should know this. Um, how many colors do you end up kind of working with to recreate the pets? So I try to, I mean, my... It depends on the style. Like, my style is more, I try to use less colors so people don't have to go out and buy, like, 50 brown fabrics. Um, And I've learned from doing, like, custom actual wall hangings. Like, the amount of fabrics that you can find in store that are in brown is very limiting. And so you kind of have to get creative with what colors you use. Or sometimes you'll sub in, like, a pattern to bring across a certain color or a fur texture. Like if someone wants a beginner level pattern, like an easy pattern, but they have a dog with um, maybe it's like a brindle colored fur or they have curly hair, you can find maybe a pattern fabric that has like swirls in it for colored ha- curled hair or, you know, a brown and a black kind of mixed tie-dye looking thing to make it look brindle, stuff like that. So you, it's a mix That's between cool. me getting creative and then them getting creative with the patterns that or the fabrics that they're choosing. So, and for your pet portraits, are they mainly you creating patterns for people, or do you also offer the um, service of creating of actually sewing um, the portrait itself? 
So I have three options. Um, they range from like, you know nothing about quilting to you are very good at quilting. Um, <laughs> my first is, you know, I can create the entire thing for you. So I can create the whole wall hanging. I kind of have a template of how I typically, you know, it looks like the one I have over here, how I typically will do it. Um, if someone has a different idea, I'm totally open to it. Um, it's just easier for people to wrap their mind around what I'm offering if you don't know what quilting is. Mm -hmm. um, so I have that, you know, like start to finish, I'll do it. Um, I will also have an option that's kind of in between where I will make the block. So maybe someone is a quilter, but they don't know how to foundation paper piece or they have no interest in it. Um, I will make the block for them and then they can put the block in whatever they want. Like cool. they can oh. put it in their own quilt. I've had people, um, I had someone recently who wanted like a group portrait done, but they, you know, didn't have, they didn't feel comfortable doing that themselves. And so I made them two patterns of the dogs and then I made a block of what they wanted. So they were able to piece the dogs and then I sent them the block and they made the quilt. <gasps> That's a great idea. Yeah. That's and then, awesome. Yeah. And then obviously the patterns I can do. But So what sort of like hypothetically like okay, I want a to send a I want you to put together a pet portrait for me. Um so what sort of photos work best for you um if I wanted to do that? It depends on what you're looking for. Um, generally, people prefer like the portrait. So whether the dog's like facing to the side or facing to the front, um, really just any, you know, headshot works well. Um, I have worked with older photos, so people whose like dogs have passed, and you know, there obviously wasn't great cameras back then. Um, I can see the general shape, and you know, I know what dogs look like, <laughs> so <laughs> I can, you know make eyes where there's supposed to be eyes and stuff like that. Um, but that tends to work best. If they want like a full body, I just make it clear that I'm probably not gonna be able to put eyes on it or, you know, like make little irises and make little details because unless you're making a very large pattern, it's going to be mm -hmm. so incredibly tiny pieces <laughs> in that face because the face is already small. Um, but I'd, I'll do either. It's just up to the person's preference of what kind of photo they're looking for. What's the most exotic animal you've been asked to do a portrait of? Um, I did a Komodo dragon. It wasn't, <gasps> it wasn't someone's pet. It wasn't someone's pet. <laughs> it was just a fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was someone whose daughter loves Komodo dragons, which I think is incredible. It's, like I would have loved this. So cool. And so she's cooler than her, me. Yeah, I know. And so she was making a quilt for her bed, the daughter's bed um, that had a Komodo dragon on it. So that was really cool. Um, I, I've been working on patterns for my own pets, actually. Um, I did a horse. So that's probably the personal pet portrait. Okay. That was the most exotic. I did a horse, a horse, a mom and a baby. Very cute. Um, but I actually have a couple exotic animals. <laughs> I have a frog. I have like a bearded dragon. I have a gecko. So I've been playing around with trying to create patterns for them um, and trying to maybe advertise that more in the future because I love them and I would love to yeah. do patterns of them, but not everyone has pets like that. <laughs> um, so it's kind of hard to get examples. But there are a lot more greens, a lot more green yeah, cottons like out there. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going back to the pet portraits, uh, what's your favorite part of making them? I love, <laughs> I love animals and I love dogs. Like I've just always been an animal person. I love hearing people's names for their pets for one, <laughs> and then also the, just the stories. Like 
I think it's so sweet. I'm just such a sappy person. Like when someone's like, I'm making a quilt of all my dogs that I've had my whole life who are dead. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like, I just want to give them to you for free. <laughs> like, I'm just, you love your pet so much. It's just, I love hearing all the stories. So you mentioned at the beginning that that first quilt, you decided to free motion quilt. Amazingly, I feel like if it had been me, I would have given up partly. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was close. <laughs> but it turns out you you actually enjoy free motion quilting, despite the, yeah. despite the epic. Well, I only free motion quilt small now. You know, like me. Okay. Um, so like the ones behind me, they're like twenty four by twenty four, or you know that range. Like yeah, I probably don't want to do bigger than like thirty six by thirty six ish. Um, on my, I I have a jazz too. So it has like that bigger throat space, but still I like the rolling and the unrolling (laughs) is just, unless you're working in lines, it's a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. So I take a a top tip would be to work. Yes. Yes. That is my like number one tip. Don't, don't do what I did. Like as much as I am where I am by doing that, don't do it. It's a nightmare. (laughs) So with your degree, um, you're currently doing graduate work in museum collections management and care. Will you get to, do you get to work with textiles? Ever? Uh, so that's actually very interesting. I, I lean towards art museums because I'm an art history major. I don't really have a lot of interest in working in like general, like science type museums, like public museums. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my class last week we were learning about textiles like specifically textiles and I was like ooh like (laughs) they were like talking about just like geeky nerd you know archive stuff you know like different ways to store textiles and different ways to clean textiles and it's just very interesting like learning about how they care for you know traditional quilts like that like old quilts um yeah I would love to work in a quilt museum that would be so cool I, I think there's one in maybe Kansas City or something. Um, And I think my school, although I'm not, it's online, so I'm not at the school, I think they have a textile Mm -hmm. museum also. So that's Mm, something that's so cool to me, like the the combining of all of my interests. In addition to your pet portraits, um, do you work on other FPP patterns or any other kind of commission type work? Um, So I do my own patterns. I don't have that many because I... I take a lot of time to think about the things that I'm going to make patterns of because there's such Mm -hmm. a big market on quilt patterns. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, nothing against the people who do things like this, but like, I don't want to create like another flower or another, like there's a lot of people already doing that. So I, Mm. it really interested Mm -hmm. me coming into it, wanting to do weird things. So like my polite frogs (laughs) pattern, like I'm part of like a frog group on Facebook, which is very nerdy to say, but like I have a frog. So there's a reason, um, and so people will post, like, people are so funny. Like, they'll post pictures of, like, their frog and be like, you're just a little polite gentleman. And I'm like, that's so oh cute. God. Like, because they, like, cross their little feet and, like, they're so cute. And so I was like, oh, my God, polite frogs, like, incredible. So, like, I just like doing the weird stuff. So that's why I don't have that many because those yeah. ideas are kind of just come few and far between. Do you have any uh, projects that you're working on currently or plans for next year uh, within your... Yeah, so a really big project that I'm working on right now um, that I haven't really talked a lot about, um, but it kind of, projects tend to find me in weird ways. Um, So (laughs) someone someone on a Facebook group asked if (laughs) anyone knew of any American Sign Language patterns of, like, the alphabet. And, (gasps) you know, I kind of put my name, like, I was like, 
I don't know any, but like if you want me to make one, I will. Like that sounds incredible. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. Um, that's so cool. And I will be releasing it to like everyone, not just the one person who asked for it. Um, and then I'm planning on you know donating a portion of the proceeds to a local um, deaf and hard of hearing center here in Grand Rapids because. Um, I'm not part of that demographic, so I don't feel like I can entirely profit off of their language. Um, so, you know, be able to, I love giving back to my community and stuff like that. So that's the biggest project that I'm working on right now. Um, I'll be in uh, Love Patrick and Quilt Quilting Magazine again um, in the new year. I'm working on a project for that right now. Um, so Ooh, I have a few, yeah. few things going. So we should keep uh, yeah, an eye Yeah, so keep an eye on, on that. And then in my personal art life, um, I have a very cool idea that I'm very excited to execute that I'm ready to share with everyone, but I'm just not there yet. So, <laughs> so stay, yeah, tuned. stay tuned. I'm doing a lot of cool <laughs> things. They just are slowly going. I don't, just, I'm not, I'm not very good at like rapid firing out content. <laughs> it's like, I'll be quiet for it's a bit. Hard. Yeah. Like I'll be quiet for a bit because I'm working on a big project and then it'll come out and then I'll be quiet for a bit again because I'm working on my next big project. So yeah. Yeah. So we know that you're busy working yes, behind the scenes. Yes, I am scenes. always busy, even <laughs> if it looks like I'm not doing anything. Um, so on that note, it is time to move on to our rapid-fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Thea? Sure. <laughs> I am as ready as I'm ready. I can't promise I won't say too Fair much. Fair enough. I will try. <laughs> Wendy, yes. why don't you kick us off? All right. So what is your five... Oh favorite time of day to quilt uh i like quilting at night not necessarily nighttime but like afternoon like right after i get off work i've eaten dinner and that is all i have to do for the rest of the day that's what i love and where do you sew right in my living room right in front of some big windows and out of your three cats which one is the most helpful in the sewing room probably juvia she approves of everything i do which is very <laughs> good do you wear shoes while sewing no. Barefoot. <laughs> Even in Michigan? Well, I can put a little space heater down on the floor, and that's nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Music, Netflix, podcasts, or the sounds of silence? Um, podcasts, usually, sometimes Netflix. My new setup allows me for TV. Nice. And do you have a current uh, favorite that you're streaming? Lately, I've been watching The Good Doctor <laughs> on TV. Um, yeah. It's incredibly good. Um, podcasts, one of my favorites um, is morbid i like i love listening to true crime um even if i do quilt at night <laughs> yeah <laughs> someone come and go knocking on your door no <laughs> i live on the fourth floor there's no one coming in my window uh do you have a favorite snack while quilting i don't generally snack at the quilting table but i love popcorn i always love popcorn a uh, specific flavor just, or just butter lots of butter <laughs> yep what is your favorite custom work make to date? The one that comes most in my mind um, was this lady whose dog passed away. Of course, my, you know, they have a soft spot. And then uh, a few months later, her cat ran away. And she lives, like, in the wilderness. And so she's like, I think my cat just died, too. And so, so I, you know, I'm so sad. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. And so I did two blocks for her. And then, you know, she sent me pictures. Aww. And I was like, oh, I feel so bad for you, but... Oh, I love doing that work. Like, just it means so much to people, and it means so much to me. What's the most challenging custom work made today? So, kind of like what I was talking about before, I did the big group portrait, and it had two humans in it, and they were the first mm. two humans that I had done, and so that was very challenging. Uh, what is your favorite color? Green. 
And what's your favorite brand of solids? Kona. And what is your favorite color of Kona? I don't know if I have an exact favorite color. I don't know the color names. Green. Anything green. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what color? No, that's all right. What color fabric do you use the most? Brown. <laughs> Lots of brown. Solids or prints? I hated prints. And I'm going to try not to go on a tangent. I used to hate prints. Now I love prints. So I think prints. And, okay, follow-up question. Why? What was the tangent that we just <laughs> almost skipped over? <laughs> I, I have, I'm very particular. I have ADHD. I have anxiety. I overthink things all the time. And so I tend to overthink, like, does this pattern go with this pattern? Is it too much pattern? Is it not enough pattern? I need the patterns to, like, relate to each other, but patterns, that's not what they do. They don't relate to each other. They just are patterns. And so I had a hard time, like, matching them. But now I love finding patterns that go together. Um, oh. Solids are just easier. They're easier, but they're not yeah. my favorite. And do you have a favorite fabric designer? <sighs> not really. Like I love like the art gallery fabrics. I love anything floral. Mm, yeah. Floral pulls at my heart. I love it. What's your favorite quilt shop? Uh, it's actually a local quilt shop that's here. Um, they're also online. They're called Calliope Quilts. Um, it's a good friend of mine in a guild that I was in for a bit before I got too busy. Um, but she's a wonderful person and she carries wonderful fabric. And how do you organize your fabrics? Color, rainbow. <laughs> and what do you do with your scraps? I just hoard them. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'll use them, but then I don't. So I just have a box of scraps. I have a question. I mean, being an FPP, um, What's like, do you normally keep like really tiny scraps? Like what is the, the point where you like, okay, I'm, I'm, ha I'm happy to part with this size scrap? It depends on the project. If I'm doing a project that gives me a lot of big scraps, I will only keep the big scraps. But if I'm working mm -hmm. on a project mm -hmm. that doesn't give me big scraps, I tend to keep smaller scraps than I should. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I, I look at all the scraps at the end and I'm like, okay, I can, it's a sliding I can scale only keep scraps. a few. And then I put them in the box and never look at them again. <laughs> uh, what FPP sewing notion you couldn't live without? I love my quarter inch foot. Even though the patterns mm. have like the seam allowance on them, mm -hmm. I'm kind of chaotic because I rip the paper off as I'm sewing, so I don't leave it all to the end. I see a lot of people leave it to the end. It just gets too bulky for me, and so I get to a point where I have only fabric and no paper, and so I need like my quarter-inch foot to know where to sew because there's no more lines to show me where I'm going. What sewing machine do you sew on? Um, my uh, Baby Lock Jazz 2 is my favorite one. I have a few, um, but that's the one I do like my free motion on. I have a necky that I do my piecing. It's more, you know, it's a little smaller and easier to do those small things. And what's your favorite roll size? I only have two rulers. I probably should have more, um, but I have one that's like 24 by I think six inches mm -hmm. and I just use it for everything. What thread brand do you use? Uh, I think this is how you pronounce it, like Guterman. Is that how you pronounce mm -hmm. it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Pick one. Dog or cat FPP portraits? Or frogs? <laughs> no, the dogs are more fun, but the cats have cooler colors. Like, mm. the dogs, shape-wise, are more interesting. Cats are kind of all the same shape, but they have cool colors. So it's fun doing their patterns. Machine or hand bind? Machine. 
And what is your favorite part of designing an FPP project? The colors, picking the colors. And what's your least favorite part of designing an FPP project? When something has so many shapes that you can't... <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Uh, it's like when a pattern has so many different shapes in it that it doesn't create one section, you have to do a bunch of small sections. I hate trying to figure out yeah. how to make less sections to make it easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get what you mean, yeah. And is there a bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? My biggest bad quilting habit is probably not having a plan. <laughs> I just go into things just like, just go. I, and then I get frustrated, and I should probably have read all the instructions, but I didn't. Do you have a quilty BFF? Yes. So my friend, um, their name is Alex. They have Stitches by Alex, um, I think, on Instagram and TikTok. They do a lot of crocheting, but they also quilt. Um, they're a friend of mine locally, and they you know, do markets and stuff like that. They're really great. I love them. <laughs> and do you have a quilty crush? Probably... Um, on TikTok, she's Megan the Quilts. She does very like wavy, like improv quilting. I love it. It's, it's not something I am good at. I'm not good at improv as much as I say I don't follow instructions. <laughs> I'm not good at improv. Um, and I love her quilts. They're gorgeous. And what's your favorite recent make? Right now, I'm working on a baby blanket for my cousin. Um, and. I just, I love the fabrics I chose. It's like a sage green forest theme, which is on brand for me. So yeah. that's about to be my favorite. <laughs> and how many quilts are in your whip pile right now? I think actually just two. The big one and then one wall hanging that I just need to bind, but I'm too lazy to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where do you store your work in progresses? The the large, since there's only two, the large one is just in like a box. <laughs> I've cut all the fabric. It just needs to be sewn together. Um, and then the other work in progress sits on my table for my cats to lay on. Because Aww. whatever. <laughs> I'm not finishing it anytime soon. They might as well enjoy it. And do you have any non-quilty interests or hobbies? Uh, books. I love reading. Um, you know, big old nerd over here. Any genre? Like fantasy, I love. I love historical fiction. Um, I also love manga, uh, graphic novels, a lot of everything. So we've just got one more question for you. Uh, so who are three accounts you think uh, everyone should be following and why? So I'll start with my crush, Megan the Quilts. Um, she's on TikTok. Um, Pixel Quilt, I love her. I love her quilts, um, her Queen quilt, the Queen Elizabeth quilt was gorgeous. Um, and then also Mr. Bones sews. I don't know if you know. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> it's, it's this little like uh, skeleton. It's like a toy skeleton and the person like quilts, but then they like pretend like the skeleton's quilting. It's very <laughs> funny. It's very cute. <laughs> Is that on Instagram TikTok. or TikTok? There's probably an Instagram. Okay. I'm just mostly on TikTok. So that's where I know from. <laughs> On that note, we need to wrap today up, and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts or maybe our new TikTok accounts. I'm at Broadclaw Studio, Wendy at the.weekendquilter. Anna, our editor extraordinaire, is at Wax and Wayne Studio, and Theo. I am at Fiber Artisan Theo everywhere.
or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope that you subscribe to the show and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.